Bible, so maybe you already know where to turn to. If not, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Samuel chapter number 11. And we'll look at chapter number 11 and chapter number 12. And uh, y'all get the blessing of getting this sermon. Somebody say amen. And uh, anyhow, uh, I told them, I said, man, isn't this great? I'm leaving for a week and I'm just going to go ahead and throw this into y'all's lap and then just walk out the door, all right? And uh, anyhow, how the Lord's uh, uh, put it on my heart. And uh, over the last few uh, or the last week or so, I have been uh, in this with our Bible studies for college and all. And uh, anyhow, we've been around the life of David and the reign of David. Uh, but tonight we're going to look at David's sin of ingratitude, all right? And so uh, we all know the story, but we're going to read it. So if you will, uh, we'll start off in chapter number 11. I'll read uh, quite a bit in chapter number 11, and we'll go over to chapter 12. We'll do a lot of Bible reading. I have a very long sermon as far as typed out, but I will preach it very fast, all right? So as we look at it, uh, chapter number 11 and verse number 1, the Bible says this, And it came to pass... After the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. They destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. I want you to notice that David was, uh, in verse number one, it tells us it was a time when uh, uh, kings went to battle. Uh, and it tells us that David stayed in Jerusalem, all right? Uh, that's significant. The Bible says, And it came to pass in an evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba? the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Now, in this one verse, David is informed that this woman is married. David is informed that her father is one of his mighty men of valor. And David, because he knows who she is now, knows that one of his counselors, one of his closest men, Ahithophel, is her grandfather. And he knows that her husband is another one of his mighty men of valor. Is everybody all right? There was a lot of information given to David in one verse. But lust had conceived, (laughs) and it brought forth sin. And so verse number 4 says, And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her. Now, it looks as though David went and took her from her home, but when you read this, the Bible says she came in unto him. Uh, it, it makes us sit back and realize that Bathsheba had some wrong in this as well. If you're going through the story, I can show it to you, I can point it out to you, but I'm not going to do it in this sermon. But Bathsheba uh, wanted this as much as David wanted this, and she presented herself in such a manner that led to, not that, it wasn't her fault, it was David's fault. I don't want to mistake and, and say nothing wrong about that. But she wasn't completely innocent in this whole thing either, all right? And I need somebody to hear me right here. Both parties that end up in this adultery, both parties are guilty. 
All right. Now, the Bible says this. The Bible says, and uh, she uh, she came in unto him and he lay with her for she was purified from her uncleanness and she returned unto her house. Now, I ain't got time to go through all of this, but in Leviticus chapter number 15, uh, the Bible tells us about the impurity and how uh, a, a man and a woman was to act uh, according to the law. Uh, once they were to uh, have intercourse, they were to wash themselves and for a time be considered unclean until the evening tide, all right? That was according to the law, and so that is the explanation of what's taking place here in verse number 4. Now, in verse number 5, the Bible says, And the woman conceived and sent and told David... And said, I am with child. And David sent to Joab saying, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. And when Uriah was coming to him, David demanded of him how Joab did and how the people did and how the war prospered. So here is the man that David has transgressed against. And here he is standing before David. And David is trying to deceive him as if he is interested in what is going on on the battlefield. David had an agenda and his agenda was to send Uriah down to his house to sleep with his wife to cover up the fact that she was pregnant with child from David. And so verse number eight tells us, and David said to Uriah, go down to thy house and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and went not down to his house. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down to his house, David said unto Uriah, Camest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down into thine house? And Uriah said unto David, The ark... And Israel and Judah abide in tents, and my Lord Joab and the servants of my Lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go into mine house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As thou livest and as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. Boy, Uriah was a loyal, not only servant, but friend to David. And he said, "Is if they're all in the battle and they're all in the trenches, he says, I'm not going to go home and make myself comfortable. The Bible goes on and it tells us, and Uriah said, uh, or, and David said to Uriah, verse number 12, tarry here today also and tomorrow, and I will let thee depart. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and tomorrow. Now, David was thinking, well, if he stays a couple of days, maybe when he goes back to battle, he'll want one, one last fling before he goes. The Bible says in verse number 13, And when David had called him, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. Everybody all right? I mean, this thing wasn't working. The plan wasn't working. Uriah was too loyal to David. So David said, I will get him drunk. Is everybody all right? Do y'all see how this thing is escalating? You're trying to cover up a sin. And it just gets further and further, deeper and deeper into this thing. Now he's getting his own man drunk <laughs> so that he can go cover up 
David sinned. The Bible says, and at even he went out to lie on his bed with his servants uh, or with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. He couldn't get him drunk enough to be disloyal to David. So David had to come up with another plan. Does everybody see the sinkhole that we're in? Does everybody see the quicksand? And how it's consuming David and how it's going further and further. Everybody all right? Verse number 14. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. A message he's sending now to Joab. And he has sealed this message and handed it to Uriah. The man whom he deceived, the man who he transgressed against, and slept with his wife. The Bible says in verse 15, And he wrote in the letter saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. And it came to pass, when Joab observed the city, that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew that valiant men were. And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, And there fell some of the people of the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died also. I'm going to skip over to the last verse, last few verses of chapter 11. The Bible says in verse number 26 of chapter 11, And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah her husband was dead, she mourned for her husband. Verse 27, And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bare him a son. But check this out. Check it out. Underline it in your Bible. Whatever you got to do. Chapter 11, the entire reading of chapter number 11, God is not mentioned. But in the last verse of chapter number 11, we are told the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Listen, just because God ain't vocal about your sin, just because it looks as though you have gotten away with your sin, don't think for one minute that you have hidden it from God. David was thinking, if I can just cover this up, nobody will know what has gone on. If I can just get Uriah to go sleep with Bathsheba, everything will be fine, but Uriah wouldn't do it. If I can get him drunk, he'll go down, but Uriah wouldn't do it. So David ended up killing this man and taking his wife. Now to everybody in Israel, David probably looked like a hero. Here's David taking in the widow of Uriah the Hittite, taking care of a son that was left without a father. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Everybody okay? So we go to chapter number 12. The Bible says, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, 
But the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought or bought and nursed up. And it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup, lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing and because he had no pity. David hears the voice of Nathan. David assumes that Nathan is telling him of an event that has taken place that David has no knowledge of. But Nathan is reporting to him a parable. He is using an illustration to show David what he did. Nathan has come because God was displeased with the thing that David had done. And Nathan has come with a parable that would show David the ugliness of sin in somebody else's life. I need everybody to hear me right here. And David acted just like you and I do. When it's somebody else's sin, we get mad about it. And David got mad. I want Is everybody all right? I want you to look at verse number five, what it says. It says, and David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. In other words, David burned with passion to make this thing right in somebody else's life. I'm having fun. Y'all having fun yet? And so David pronounced judgment. He said, this man's going to die. But before he dies, he is going to replace the lamb fourfold. All right? That's, that's, that's relevant. It's real important. Because the same judgment that David set out for this man, David had to live. Because the Bible tells us in verse number 7, And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Y'all stay with me right here. This thing got all up in my grits. I anointed thee king over Israel. God saying, I, I anointed you, David. He says, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. David, when you was hiding out in caves, when you were writing psalms and crying to me and asking me to spare you from your enemy, asking me to shelter you from your enemy, asking me to be a refuge from your enemy, asking me to be a strong tower against your enemy. He says, I, I, I did all those things. I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. Verse number 8, and I gave thee thy master's house. I gave you Saul's house. He says, I gave you Saul's wives. That don't mean nothing to us, but back in those days, for him to have Saul's wife 
was a indicator to the entire nation of Israel that he was now king. So God said, not only have I given you Saul's house, the palace, not only have I given you his wives into thy bosom, he says, and I've given thee the house of Israel and Judah. He says, and if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. God said, look at what all I've done for you. Look at how much I've given to you. And if it wasn't enough, I would have given you more. Verse number 9. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. Remember, he just sent him with a letter. I need somebody to hear me right here. David just sent him with a letter. God said, you thrust the sword into him. I need somebody to hear me. Just because you and I don't commit the act doesn't mean God doesn't see it. God, God pronounced to David that you were the one that killed him. David, he'd have been like most of us would have argued, but the children of Ammon, they're the ones that killed him. God said, no, David, you thrust the sword in him when you handed it. Mm, I need somebody to have me right here. You thrust the sword right into his back when you handed him a letter. That was his own death warrant. He said, and you has, and has taken his wife to be thy wife and has slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Verse number 10. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from thine house because thou hast despised me and has taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Verse number 11. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. And I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor. And he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. Verse number 12. For thou didst secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. Bible says, and David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also hath put away thy sin, and thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because of this deed, thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. As we look at this passage of Scripture tonight, David sinned. Y'all go check on that boy, brother, uh, brother Chip. That's about the third time he's gone to the bathroom. Make sure he's all right and get it all out. Get your teenagers. They're coming into church. They need to sit in church. I'm tired of the doggone excuses. I got to use the bathroom and everything else. Is everybody all right? Get your youngins. Get them in church. Make them stay in church and quit complaining about them not wanting to be here. All right. Now, is everybody all right? Amen. Praise the Lord. It is a distraction. I don't, I don't, maybe it ain't for y'all, but it is for me. When a, when a 16 year old young and can't hold his little bladder. Okay. I'm done. Let me move on. I'll tell you why he's got to pee so much. 
because they don't want to hear this sermon. Amen. Everybody all right? I'm going to have some fun. That ought to keep the teenagers in here for a little longer, all right? All right. Maybe maybe you won't have to pee so quick now. You'll hold, you'll hold your little pee-pee. All right. All right. As we look at this tonight, David's sin of ingratitude. David has sinned a sin because he would not, he was not content with all that God has given to him. And here's the danger. We're no different than David. We're sitting here and most of us, we would stand fast and we'd raise our hand and say, I, you preacher, you count on me. I will not commit adultery. It's easy for us to take that notion. It's easy for us to look at this passage of Scripture and say, I would not do that, preacher. But when you look at it from the other side, when you look at it as a sin of ingratitude, come on, everybody raise your hand. We're all guilty of it. Not being content with what the Lord gave us. I want you to notice with me just a few things. I got about 19 points. And we'll be done. I want you to notice, first off, the meddling sovereign. The meddling sovereign. Say, preacher, why do you say that? Because David was meddling in somebody else's family. David had no business being meddling in somebody else's family. And because he had his eyes on somebody else's family, because he had his eyes where they shouldn't have been, I need somebody to help me right here, David found himself getting involved in somebody else's family. David, this isn't just a sin of David on an island and David committed a sin that only affected him. This was David meddling in the house of another man. And so we see the meddling sovereign. We see his life. God gave him everything. God had protected him. You can go through the scripture and you can read how well God took care of this man. But David found himself in a location he had no business being in. The Bible says when kings go to battle, David was on top of his roof. He did not go to battle. He tarried in Jerusalem. Can I say this? Many of people have fell into sin being in a place they had no business being in in the first place. They're not, not, not grateful for what God had done in their life, but being in a location where they had no business being in and looking on something they had no business looking on. And when you go to look, hey, listen, when you find yourself in a place you ain't got no business in and looking on things you ain't got no business looking on, the next thing you're going to fall into is lusting after things that God ain't never intended for you to have. David, he lusted after this woman Bathsheba and his lapse was his mistake. He, that, when that lust had conceived, when that lust had come into his heart, sin came into his life. But I want you to notice this about David. His, I, I, I see this meddling sovereign. I see his life, his location, his look, his lust, his lapse, his lamenting. Psalm chapter number 32. Can you pull that up for me if you will? I, I want you to read this because this is what David was going through while nobody else knew what David was going through. 
And I'm telling you this, I want you to read this with me, because when you and I will not identify sin in our life, when you and I will not deal with sin in our life, this is what we can expect. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Verse number 2, blessed is a man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Verse number 3, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old. Through my roaring all the day long. Verse number four. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. Verse number five. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. What I want you to see is when David had yet to ask, when David had yet to confess, the Bible says that his bones waxed old, and the hand of the Lord was heavy upon him. Tonight, I'm going to ask a question. Are you meddling in things you ain't got no business meddling in? Oh, I notice this, not only the meddling sovereign, but I notice the masking of sin. Because David is no different than us. When we fail God, the first thing we want to do is hide it. (laughs) So we see the masking of sin. We see the consequences that are unavoidable. The Bible tells us that there is no hidden thing that God will bring these things to light. And yet we think we can sin and it not come out. David sinned with Bathsheba, and Bathsheba conceived a child. The consequences were unavoidable. And so David began the process of covering it up. The consequences were unavoidable, but the cover-up was unsuccessful. (laughs) Oh, you can hide it from me. You can hide it from your spouse. You can hide it from your children. You can hide it from the church. You can hide it from the boss. You can hide it from the community. You're not going to hide it from God. The Bible says that this thing displeased the Lord. (laughs) We see the consequences that are unavoidable. The cover-up that was unsuccessful. The crime that was unimaginable. If it wasn't bad enough that David had sinned, if it wasn't bad enough that his he, he looked where he shouldn't have looked, if it wasn't bad enough he was in the wrong place, If it wasn't bad enough that he lusted after something God had never intended for him to have. If it wasn't bad enough that he committed adultery with this woman. David does the unimaginable in killing a man that was so loyal to him. He would not even go down to his house and see his wife. Listen to me. I said this in a devotion this morning. Sin will take you farther than you ever thought you'd go. It'll take you farther than you ever thought. Listen, if if Satan would have presented David with all the consequences of this sin, David would have said, no. But little by little, David walked deeper and deeper, farther and farther. I need somebody to hear me tonight. Little by little, just a little thing here, a little thing there. And before you know it, David has murdered Uriah 
And as far as he's concerned, the cover-up is complete. The Bible tells us in Psalm 32 that David, while he kept his silence, his bones waxed old. The hand of the Lord was heavy upon him. But I want you to notice this. David never confessed his sin until Nathan came along. So we see the meddling sovereign. We see the masking of sin. We see the messenger sin. The messenger that God sent, I want you to notice his origin. God sent him. I want you to notice his objective was to bring David to repentance. I need everybody to hear me right here. You may not like the sermons that I preach. You may not like the messages. I mean, there's better ones out there. I'm sure that Joel will tell you all you want to know about all the good things that happen. But I'm supposed to preach the whole counsel of God, and so I'm going to do so this mo- or tonight, and I'm going to warn you, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to preach to you as somebody that's sent from God, somebody that's got alone with God, and ask God, what does he want for our church? And this is what God has given to us, but I want you to know that his objective is to bring you back home. His, his objective is to bring you to a place of repentance and restore fellowship with you. And so God sends a messenger. We call him a pastor. We call him an evangelist. We call him a preacher. But in this story, he is called a prophet. And God sent a prophet to David. And can I help you all tonight? God is trying to send some help to all of us. So there was a messenger sent. Sent by God. For the purpose of bringing David to the acknowledgement of the sin and the repentance of the sin. And so the message spoken. <laughs> I outlined this whole thing, I'm telling you. The message spoken. We see the parable delivered. It's always easier to see our sin when it's on somebody else. I'm going to walk over to this side and say it. I don't want y'all to be left out. <laughs> is, is everybody all right? It's always easier to see our sin in somebody else. I don't know why. It's always easier for us to look on somebody else and their failures and point them out rather than to look in the mirror and say, God, it's me. And so the message spoken was a, a parable that was delivered. Then we see the passion that was displayed. David, the Bible says, was greatly angered. <laughs> the anger of David was greatly kindled. It's funny how you and I, our punishment for other sins is always more harsh than our own. Listen, I'm going to tell this will help y'all. David, man, he had it all figured out on how to punish this man that had stole that little lamb. He had it all figured out. But I would imagine that if this story would have come in some other way, David, and David would have realized that he was talking about him, David's judgment would have been that the Lord show mercy. I'm going to walk over here. That the Lord show mercy. I need somebody to listen to me and listen good. We're real good at looking at somebody else's sin and saying, well, if I was God, this is what I would do to them. 
But we better be careful with that because with the same judgment you and I meet for somebody else, God will pour it on us. And that's exactly what God did to David. And so we see the penalty that was declared. God said, David said, man, this man shall surely die and he's going to repay that man fourfold. God said, I like that. I think that's a good idea, David. That fourfold judgment is going to come on your house. Now listen, this is what happened because of David. Listen, everybody stay with me. This is what happened because of David's sin. David lost four sons. He lost this son with Bathsheba. He lost Amnon. After Amnon raped his sister Tamar, which was David's daughter, Absalom, which was another one of David's sons, killed Amnon, which is David's son. Son number two. Absalom rebelled against David and tried to take over the kingdom. Absalom was the one that God predicted and God prophesied that would lay with the wives of David under the sun visible to all of Israel. Absalom, his own son, did that. Listen, on the same rooftop. That David looked upon Bathsheba. Absalom was killed by David's captain, Joab. Solomon is placed as king. And David had another son by the name of Adonijah. Solomon had Adonijah killed. Four sons David lost. Because of his judgment fourfold on a man that has stole a lamb. Isn't that something? Can I, I need everybody to listen to me right here. There's not one of David's children that you and I read about in the Bible that turned out good. So what about Solomon? Yeah, let's talk about Solomon. Wisest man in the world had 700 wives. I need everybody to look at me. He ain't that smart. Is everybody all right? I need everybody to look at me right here. I don't don't know what, I don't know how God judges wisdom. But 700 wise, that joker was an idiot when he went to number two. Can I get a witness? 300 concubines. A thousand women. And y'all going to tell me Solomon was good? I read one commentator. I told brother Mark Bishop, me and him was talking earlier, and I told him about this. One commentator said, if one wife isn't enough, a thousand are. Ingratitude. I got to move on. I got two more and we're done. We're doing great on time. Is everybody ready? All right. So we see the message spoken. We see the mandate specified. This is where we want to be. Mandate specified. We see the recognition of fault. Verse number 7 of chapter 12. Nathan tells David, thou art the man. We see the recognition of fault. I, I, I need somebody to hear me right here. We need some Christians that are acknowledged their sin before God has to send a messenger to make it public. 
Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. We see the recognition of fault. We see the repentance of failure. I want you to notice the repentance of David. In verse number 13, this is what David said unto Nathan. I have sinned against the Lord. Now, there's many of us that we think we got to pray this long, elaborate prayer, but because of this sin, I want you to notice what God did. Because of this sin, the Bible says this, uh, uh, And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Just to, I need, y'all got to hear me. David confessed his sin. And God said, I forgive him. I mean, you got to hear this. Because you and I have the same opportunities with God every single day. David sat down later and he penned Psalm 51. An elaborate prayer begging the forgiveness of God, that God would create a new spirit, a new heart in him, renew a right spirit, restore unto him the joy of his salvation. Why? Because the hand of the Lord was heavy upon David. So the mandate specified the recognition of fault, the repentance of failure, the restoration of fellowship. This happened, David mourned for the, for the child that was born between him and Bathsheba. And when that child died, the Bible says that David got up, he cleansed himself and went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Everybody with me? There's so many people. Listen, I, I, please don't take this message to mean that I think somebody's committing adultery in here. If you did that, you missed the whole point of this thing. David was given all kind of things by God. Over and over, God had given David this and this, and he named all these things that he had done for David. It was never enough. David wanted more and more and more. And because of, I need somebody to help me. You and I are guilty so many times of the same thing. My hand to God, I am. God has been so good to us. And God said, if it wasn't enough, everything that I gave you, if it wasn't enough, I'd have given you more. But you chose to transgress. You chose to go against my commandments. You chose, listen, to despise me and try to provide for yourself. Lastly, and I'm done, the mercy shown. Say, preacher, there ain't a whole lot of mercy in that. I believe there is. I believe God showed mercy by sending a prophet. God could have let this whole thing come out in the open and according to the law. David and Bathsheba would have been killed because according to the law, the man and the woman that committed adultery 
were to be killed. God showed mercy. God showed mercy in the life of David by a prophet. He showed mercy by the pardon. Leviticus 20, verse number 10 says, And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress, shall surely be put to death. Once again, mercy. So mercy was shown in the prophet. Mercy was shown with the pardon. Mercy was shown with the peace. Peace. P-E-A-C-E. So I don't see any of that. We didn't read on into chapter number 12. But in verse number 23, verse number 23, David, this is where the child dies. I want you to listen in verse number 20. What happens once the child dies? David had fasted. David had prayed and mourned for this child. The child dies. His servants tell him that the boy is dead. And then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came to his own house and when he required, they set bread before him and he did eat. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive, but when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? Listen to this. I shall go to him. But he shall not return to me. David had a peace about him. God revealed to him that he would see this child again. David said, though I can't bring him back, one day I'll go to him. And so God gave David. I need somebody to help me. There's no precedent set for this. David God revealed this to David in his mourning and in his fasting and praying. God said, you'll see that child again. Boy, I I like it. Y'all ain't got to like it. You'll get it sometime. Sometime tonight, you'll sit down and you'll understand. And God gave David special revelation right here and let him know that one day you'll see that child again. And it gave David peace and he no longer mourned and wept and cried and fasted for this child. He got up and he worshiped God with a peace about him. And then the mercy shown, God gave him the preacher. The preacher. The preacher, Nathan, you done called him the prophet. Yes. So the preacher can't be the prophet. So who's the preacher? Solomon. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, if you'll go and you'll look, it says Ecclesiastes, and right under it says the preacher. The first verse of Ecclesiastes says, uh, go, go to Ecclesiastes chapter number 1 and verse number 1 so you can see it for yourself. But in Ecclesiastes chapter number 1 and in verse number 1, Solomon is called the preacher. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. This was Solomon. Stay with me. God did not forbid David to marry Bathsheba. God did not make David divorce her or put her away or anything else. God chose 
<laughs> to bring the Messiah through the union of David and Bathsheba. Hey, I'm going to move over on this side. As bad as it was, God took a mess and brought a Messiah right through the middle of it. Through the union of Bathsheba and David, God gave us Solomon. And Solomon carried on a lineage of David and his family sitting on the throne. A extenuation of the Davidic, the Davidic covenant that said God's or that David's house would be forever through Christ. David's throne would be forever through Christ. David's kingdom would be forever through Christ. But all of that came through Solomon too. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying no matter how ugly it looks, no matter how bad it was, no matter how, how much you regret, God can take the mess. <laughs> he can work his magic. And he can bring something very good out of it. So tonight, the question for all of us is this. Why wait for Nathan? Why wait for Nathan when tonight we could experience the liberty that's given in forgiveness through Christ? Heads bowed with me. You come to the altar. Listen here, don't be worried about what somebody might think about it. Ain't nobody know you sin, and we ain't calling it out. But you and I as Christians have the opportunity to be in a right relationship and a pure fellowship with the Lord through confession. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness he's able to take the mess work it together for our good our heavenly father lord thank you for tonight I'm thankful, I know I say this every time, but I really am thankful that, Lord, you chose to show us not only the great acts of the patriarchs and the important figures in the Bible, but, God, you shows, you've chosen to show us their failures. You didn't hide them from us. You showed them to us, Lord, so that we can look into our own lives and Lord see our failures Lord they're not final Lord maybe tonight somebody's in the wrong place looking on the wrong things maybe it's progressed to 
lusting after something that, God, you never intended for them to have. God, before they lapse, before they fall into sin, Lord, I pray that they can come and confess it. David's sin happened long before he laid in the bed with Bathsheba. Step by step, little by little, because of his ingratitude, his ungratefulness, because of his unwillingness to confess, Satan led him deeper and deeper. Lord, I pray tonight some folks be snatched out of the pit. Lord, I pray they know there's forgiveness at the cross. Lord, I pray tonight we'd leave out of here all hearts and minds clear, all sin confessed and forgiven. All future opportunities. Thwarted.